What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Hello, my friends. It's been fun recording podcasts more often. It feels like the one thing that I can do during this time. And I, for one, am taking advantage of the fact that so much of my work has been canceled or is in limbo. I might have said that with a smile just now, but I'm going through the same roller coaster that so many of you are. Some moments I feel really hopeful and optimistic and, okay, I have all this time at home where I'm not traveling. Let's make the most of it. And then there are other moments where I'm just exhausted, mentally, physically, emotionally. I try not to focus on fear or what could go wrong. I'm always trying to say, stay present, stay here right now. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. And yet that doesn't change the very real fact that some of my biggest streams of income are completely paused or on hold for the moment. And I know there are many of you out there who are in a very similar situation Maybe your company has even laid all employees off. It's hard to say right now. So my heart goes out to all of you. And I'm really excited today to get to bring what I think is a breath of fresh air during all of this, and especially with all the media coverage out there. I, for one, am very grateful to the media. They're doing so much to spread the right kind of information, or at least the media that I'm reading, which is primarily the New York Times, the health websites. And I see so many bloggers, reporters, journalists, news sites, even Siri sort of pinged me on my watch the other day and said, hey, if you want help setting a 20-second timer for washing your hands, say, hey, Siri, set a 20-second timer. She's probably going to do it right now. Thankfully not. Okay. One more thing I will say before I get into today's story time reading, which is an article by my beloved friend and frontor Penny Pierce, how coronavirus is speeding us toward transparency. Yesterday, I was so maxed out. I think it was making it through this week, this last week. I, every day I watched the bubble in New York grow bigger and bigger and the exponential increase in cases. It's crazy in New York right now. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're out walking the dog twice today, but we even encountered a, a dog owner who's a nurse or a dog guardian as many of us prefer to say, she's a nurse. And she said, a lot of our patients in critical care are younger. It's not just older patients. And they had no previous health history. So it can get really serious. So I got to the end of the week, Saturday, got through the week, got through all the uncertainty, the daily client project shuffles, the momentum launch, oh my goodness, which happened to happen right at the peak of all of this hitting New York. And I just needed a day to rest. And I needed a day to feel all the feelings where the week there's go mode and there's rapid response mode and what is pivot about, but being agile and responsive and in the moment and scrappy. And I've certainly been doing all that. And I have so much respect and gratitude for my team as well, who's been jumping in and helping out. And I just needed to have a day where I went through the dip of it all, feeling so tired. But here I am the next day, it's Sunday, I feel renewed a little bit. And it's just going to be like that. I've talked a lot in the past about avoiding burnout or moving beyond burnout. Now is the time we have to let ourselves rest 
And that's, of course, kind of goes without saying, yeah, wash your hands, social distancing. Here in New York, we're on shelter at home, and it was just declared a state emergency, a state of emergency. But you also, I think it's so important, the permission to rest and the permission to feel down or feel low, because it can be very tiring to try to keep doing mental gymnastics to pretend things are normal somehow or pretend like there isn't extra stress and uncertainty. So for me, that just meant permission to feel it all, to rest more than usual. And I think we should all be giving ourselves that. We're probably going to need a lot more rest than we otherwise would have. And I know everyone is aiming for business continuity and trying to keep things as normal as possible. People are being asked to work from home. Great. There's all the upside that that can bring. I shared in my 25 favorite tips from working from home episode. And no matter the workload, just pivoting at all, changing at all, shifting your work environment at all, and then compound that with the news and the uncertainty and the concern for yourself and others, we're going to be more tired than usual. That's just a fact. Some of you might not. Some of you might feel bursts of adrenaline and like, oh my God, this is the time I've been preparing for this. And I felt that too. I've been studying this. I've been studying how do we navigate change and uncertainty. So there are times where we're going to feel really amped and excited. And you're going to take that energy and you're going to use that energy and you're going to find aspects of yourself that you didn't even know you had. I didn't think I could podcast every day, you know, but I'm going to get better at it. And I'm going to find ways to be even faster with the content and get it out there to you even quicker and more creatively and find more guests. It's exciting. There's something I'm really enjoying about that process. So just a note of permission to navigate all those ups and downs with a lot of extra rest in between. I'm so excited to have connected with Penny during this time because I've been wondering What is she thinking about this? For those of you who are new to the Pivot Podcast, Penny Pierce is an incredible woman who has written a number of books on intuition, frequency, perception, transparency, even dreams and 24-hour consciousness. And I love Penny so much that our first interview together turned into a whole podcast series, The Penny and Jenny Show. We have 11 episodes so far. You can check those out at pivotmethod.com slash PJ show. And in fact, about 50% of the time that I'm talking to somebody who listens to the pivot podcast, they say to me, I just love Penny Pierce. Those are my favorite episodes, the ones that you do with Penny. So I'm really excited. I'm going to Penny and I are going to have a two way conversation about this essay that I'm going to read on on this session of the pivot podcast. But I also wanted to read the essay for you in full, just so you have it. Of course, I'll put the essay text itself in the show notes, maybe some of you prefer to read text that way, or you want to send it to a friend. Again, it's such a refreshing and interesting and thought provoking perspective during this time from a planetary consciousness point of view. And at the same time, I love story time. I love listening. So if you want the text read to you by yours truly, with Penny's blessing, of course, that's what's happening on this episode. And then if you're not already subscribed to the Pivot Podcast, please do, because then you'll see when the next conversation with her comes out, which will be as soon as we can turn it around. So coming up this week. Don't forget, you can submit a follow-up question for me or Penny around any of this at pivotmethod.com slash ask. Most exciting of all, I have invited her to be our special guest for the next Pivot Insider call. This is my monthly Q&A call for supporters of the Pivot podcast. It's a one-hour Q&A that I do on the second Wednesday of every month. 
So our next Pivot Insider call is coming up on April 8th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, and Penny is going to be our special guest. So you have a chance to interact with her live and ask questions. If you join, you will also get over seven months of archives, where I share a lot more than just what you hear on the podcast. Monthly Q&A calls, bonus resources, secret podcasts that I don't release publicly. All of that is at pivotmethod.com slash insider. So again, if you want to join me and Penny for a live Q&A on Wednesday, April 8th, join us at pivotmethod.com slash insider. And now story time, how coronavirus is speeding us toward transparency by Penny Pierce. We are living through what I've been calling the bridge time, the transition period between two very different realities. The old reality is one we know well, marked by linear thinking, past, present, future, beginning, middle, end, cause, action, effect, which results from focusing attention on separation, ego, polarization, willpower, and fear as our default setting. The old reality has become too slow because life and the earth itself are accelerating. We're vibrating at ever-increasing frequencies and our old way of knowing and doing can't keep up. We now need a faster, more elegant way to live and be, one that can match the higher vibration and evolve with it. The new reality is based on spiritual principles and universal truths, and it is birthing itself right now and burning off everything that's in the way. This is the time of the opening of Pandora's box, when all the little demons and pests are released. Those long-stored, suppressed, subconscious traumas, terrors, griefs, and rages. It is the time of clearing, when we learn to dissolve fear and suffering and become transparent. Transparency is a state of being that allows I, the soul, to flow unimpeded through the various bodies or frequencies of consciousness, causal, mental, emotional, etheric, physical, to guide and educate me, the personality, about living in a frictionless way and creating the life experience I'm built for. So we are experiencing an ongoing release of negativity personally and in the collective societal mind. It's why ugliness, meanness, domination, and hate have been flooding our lives and the media. These are all cover-ups for deep-set fear and panic. All this is part of the bridge time, part of the surfacing of our deepest fears. To have an enlightened new reality, everything that is not of the light must be seen, understood, and dissolved. This time period and this process must happen. It is part of a positive evolution of humanity and the planet, and it won't last forever. We must learn to navigate the challenges and clear ourselves totally, once and for all. Yet there is a powerful force that resists and demeans this clearing. Ego. Ego, the experience of the disconnected, isolated self, wants to maintain its power structure and keep things the way they were. It doesn't want to experience chaos or the void. We've watched the rise of narcissism and destructive self-centeredness in leaders around the world because the ego's methods are now being widely exposed. We see people victimized by these arrogant, insensitive, ego-driven bosses, people forced from their homes and lands, children ripped from parents or sold to sex traffickers, an opioid epidemic that turns people into zombies, to name just a few repercussions. 
With the increase in frequency on the planet, the ego is being eclipsed. It can no longer hold back the wave of transformation. It can no longer be the boss, the director of reality. Soul-centered consciousness is taking over, causing us to dredge up what's at the very bottom of Pandora's box. So what else might be down there? What could succeed at dislodging the ego's carefully plotted power maintenance strategy? What could cut through those long-standing negative identity habits to help us see a new way? How might we accelerate our global process of clearing? Say welcome to the little but mighty coronavirus. It seems to me to be the perfect symbolic materialization of our suppressed subconscious traumas, terrors, griefs, and rages, and of the ego itself. Ego-driven leaders need isolation at the top of the hierarchy to succeed, are experts in domination, easily charm others into agreement, and are clever and chameleon-like, changing on a dime to avoid detection, criticism, and destruction. Coronavirus does something similar, dominating, spreading, and avoiding detection by seeming like, quote, any other flu, replicating itself, mutating, and hiding. Coronavirus is an equal opportunity infector. The idea of being special and above the law is being brought low by a tiny, hijacking, parasitic virus that is no respecter of peoples. It doesn't avoid those with gigantic, successful egos. It is not racist, class-oriented, bipartisan, or political. And it doesn't care if you're famous, rich, or a manual laborer or poor. Coronavirus is a great opportunist. It takes advantage of every possible chance to expand itself. It is greedy for power, for space, for attention. In so many ways, it is the epitome of the ego. It is the ego's replicant. I think of the behavior of greedy, power-hungry people over the centuries, acting the same way coronavirus acts. Invading other people's territories, conquering first by weakening and debilitating, then imprisoning, and finally killing people. And just as coronavirus infects people before they even know it, power-hungry dictators have used spies and secretive means of infiltration in the early stages of overthrowing foreign lands. I think, too, of how we have recently been invaded by cyber-terrorism from the Russian web brigade of bots and troll armies. Just as a virus works to replicate itself, so any thoughts that foster fear, rage, and hate can replicate among people in any walk of life, thanks to the contagion-fostering petri dish of social media. So here is a message from the soul of all of us, coming via the global pandemic. How much of your identity is invested in ego? How much have you attached your own importance and survival to having money, power, or influence over others, or getting attention from people who agree with you? When you are denied any of these, do you panic and contract like a stone and sink? Or do you expand into the imaginal realm, discover new paths, and choose to maintain your preferred home frequency state? It may seem that life is going down the drain, but beneath the surface, the universal laws still function in compassionate ways. We still materialize our reality based on what frequency we place attention on and match, and what kind of thoughts and feelings we consistently entertain. There are as many possible realities as ever before, and nothing holds you back from creating except your own negative thinking. 
Creativity is only curtailed by thinking about what isn't or can't be. So what about the virus-related panic in the stock market? What about not being able to earn your salary? That's pretty darn real. Yes, this fear contraction is happening, but we don't have to add to the contraction with more panic and dire predictions. Remember, the stock market runs on greed and fear. And that is an artifact of the old linear reality of the ego. The ego grants money great power. To have it reinforces ego as the true identity. It makes us dominators. Not having it makes us victims. But the soul-based reality doesn't experience limitation or one-upmanship. It doesn't say money is about survival and success. It's just a measure of energy and flow. Today, in the end days of the old industrial and information age realities, we misunderstand money. In the inner realms, money is like a loving child. It is an obedient entity that follows our direction without question. If we love it and welcome it, it stays with us and loves us back. If we give it generously to others and allow it freedom and fluidity, more comes to us. If we hoard and try to control it, we are sure to lose it eventually, because the underlying belief we hold that acts as our instruction to money's flow is that we never have enough. Money copies our inner energy blueprint. Do we operate in trust and compassion or with distrust and selfishness? Do we allow it to serve us? Do we accept that gains may come as we live in a state of being where luck and generosity seem natural? And losses may occur when our minds have been fixated on being critical, or that life is unfair, or that we might be destitute in the future. Perhaps we simply haven't loved or used the gift of our money's presence fully enough, so it becomes unconscious and fades away. So, as the stock market crashes with fear, validating the scarcity reality, shall we agree? Shall we crash too? Weep and moan and wail? Or can we simply calmly focus our attention on what we do have, how life is working, how troughs turn to crests, and the flow always corrects itself because that is a universal law. Up, down, up, down, and on and on. Stay the course. Don't stop the flow with panic and drama, or try to outwit it with cleverness. Get the message. You are actually fine. You are alive. Life is working. Nature is working. Under the chaos is a peaceful, wise place. Go there. Stop time. In each moment, there is an action that is both a solution to a problem and a step into a new creation. Do the next productive thing. Keep your eyes peeled. Not to avoid more negativity, but to be informed of what your next joyful, purposeful act is. It's interesting, too, how coronavirus brings up the issue of isolation and group interaction. The old consciousness sees this as an either-or situation. Either we have to be quarantined and alone, or communing in groups could kill you. Both options seem to be punishments and deprive us of freedom. The new consciousness, on the other hand, sees this as win-win. I isolate myself to care for myself and to care for others. We serve each other by serving ourselves in a compassionate manner first. Others make the world safer for me by practicing safety measures. The message is clear. 
This is not a foreign invader. It is a shared invader. It is the catalyst for a human process of globalization of care, calmness, and compassion. It teaches us that we need each other, that we are intricately connected with each other and with everything we touch. We share the air. We breathe each other's breaths. We begin to respect the existence and power of unseen things. And so we are quarantined. We are to stay home, distance from others, and avoid social gatherings. Perhaps even to ration our toilet paper. Goodness, use less? What are we to do with these forced timeouts and cabin fever? Haven't we been trying to meditate and practice mindfulness? Haven't we wanted time to just be? And aren't we terribly distracted with social activity, work, family responsibilities, and watching YouTube videos? Perhaps this is another big message. Be quiet. Get centered. Stop matching the crazy frequency of the virus and potential losses and raise your vibration to that refined state you know as inner beauty, profound satisfaction, ecstatic appreciation, gleeful creativity, and diaphanous love. And what about all the neglected parts of yourself? Your inner artist, gardener, writer, cook, reader of great books, hungry student, or master organizer? What about your inner dreamer? Some say viruses are like seeds. They can lie inert for long periods until they come in contact with something truly alive. In this case, a nice, juicy, wet mucous membrane. I wonder if we aren't similar, resting in our semi-dead beliefs and dulling habits, waiting for something life-giving to brush past. We're waiting for the touch of the soul, though, to light us up and set us to expanding. Imagine yourself touched by the light right now. Activate your new life and expand gleefully. Perhaps you know the saying, praise Allah, but tie your camel to the post. Let's work in both worlds. Don't ignore or minimize either. Wash your hands, clean your body and environment, don't touch your face, protect your airways when necessary, strengthen your immune system, stay away from crowds, and follow the protocols. Protect your loved ones and elders by advocating healthy practices. At the same time, work in the non-physical reality. Find your home frequency, your soul in the body state, that feeling you have when life is beautiful and working like a charm. Stay in it. Express your best stuff. Don't backslide into panic, depression, blame, or criticism, and correct yourself quickly if you do. Don't unconsciously reinforce negative beliefs about life. Don't add to suffering. Proceed if you are lucky and creative and loved and supported by others, seen and unseen. Make it your job to lift people up rather than keep them subdued and on the verge of hopelessness. We are headed for transparency. In a transparent energy body, a transparent emotional body, and a transparent mental body, no virus can attach itself. No mental viruses can brainwash you. No emotional viruses can manipulate your mood. And no physical viruses can trick your immune system. Perhaps coronavirus has come to help us see through our own ego-based behaviors and identity, to cut through illusions rapidly. Cycles may repeat a few times, but the track we're on is an expanding spiral. With each pass, improvement. Contractions always release and expand again. Stay in trust. Stay in the flow, minute by minute, noticing what you need to notice. 
when we come back together to celebrate the passing of this phase, we will be more of ourselves and so much more respectful and loving to each other. This is such an important world event with such promise of clarity. Blessings, Penny Pierce. Big thanks to Penny for letting me read this essay here on the podcast. And I can't wait for the conversation with her about many of the topics in this essay coming right up. Again, if you want to submit a follow-up question related to any of this, go to pivotmethod.com slash ask. If you want to listen to other episodes in the Penny and Jenny show series, go to pivotmethod.com slash PJ show. And if you want to join us for the live Q&A with Penny in the next Pivot Insider call on April 8th, go to pivotmethod.com slash insider. I'm wishing you all refreshing shifts in perspective, calm, light, and love as we navigate this together. Thank you all so much. And big thanks again to Penny for sharing her wisdom with us during this time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?